Hi, welcome to Two of Twelve, the podcast where we talk about believing for the impossible, hearing God in the midst of process, sharing stories of breakthrough as we walk into the fullness of what He's promised. Join us as we journey together into all that God has. Well, everybody, Jared and Lee here. Hello. Uh, we are so excited to have our friends, Matt and Maddie Kirk, with us today. Woo-hoo. Man, these two are such treasures. Um, we love these guys so much, and we can't wait to introduce you to their story and the journey of where God has brought them uh, to today. And so just a quick recap of who Matt and Maddie are and what they're called to. Uh, they are missionaries in Bali, Indonesia. Um, they are the team leads to an incredible team over there. Um, and they have three amazing, wonderful children, Cam, Ray, and Jet. And we've had the privilege to spend some time with them recently. And our son, Rain, really, really connects with Jet. It's actually really <laughs> funny how those two get along together so well. Um, and they, their vision for Bali is to see it as a hub. Mm-hmm. A hub that brings awakening, revival, and is one that spreads the surrounding islands of Indonesia. Um, and yeah, we met, I'm trying to think, we met the Kirks in 20, 2016. 2016. Yeah, welcome, Kirks. Yeah, welcome, Kirks. Yes. Yeah. Good to have you. Met in 2016. 2016. <laughs> at All People's Church, we were meeting at a, we at the middle school then, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. fun. We were on a, a transient uh, school tour at that, in that time of our church's <laughs> life. <laughs> it's true. High school yeah. to middle school, back to high school, back to middle school, and yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you go state, yeah, exactly. And then we were at state, right? We've kind of done you're everywhere, lower level and higher level education, yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, moving up. Um, and then Lee and I were on our school of transformation training school staff with all peoples, um, for 2017 and 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and really got to know the Kirks and just see their heart for Jesus and just fall in love, love with them as friends. That's when they went through the school. Yeah, when they mm-hmm. went through the school. And then uh, a little tidbit, an odd tidbit. We all have twinsie tattoos. Maddie and yes. Lee have some similar tats. We have several twinsie tattoos. <laughs> so and Lee, we've got more to come. Yeah. And Matt and I, yeah, Matt and I kind of kicked that off. Okay. So okay. it's okay. Every, every relationship needs a pioneer. That's fair. Oh, trailblazing. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, we are, yeah, again, honored and blessed to have you on our, mm-hmm. our time today. And um, yeah, I'd love to just even start out with the question. How did you guys feel called uh, to Bali? And yeah, what was even just give us like a minute or two or a couple minutes about how you got called, what was the journey there and kind of, you know, take it, take it away. That's yeah. Tough. A minute. Yeah. Hey, to... Thanks for inviting us to be here. It's really, yeah. really great to be here with Love you. Yeah. In y'all's life too. For sure. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'll do my best to, to summarize and, and be concise. Um, but uh, God really got a hold of our, our hearts in 2016. And that's when this just incredible transformation process took place. And somewhere around 2017, I think when we were in SOT, um, God spoke to me. I just had this, this kind of this sense that we would not be in San Diego um, for much longer. But I didn't really know what to do with that. Also, at the time, not only were Maddie and I going through just a season of transformation, but our kids were as well. And it's something we just love about our church. They just they steward you know, that so well with the children of hearing the voice of the Lord. And what do you do with that? And things like that. And so our children were, were learning to hear the voice of the Lord. So yes. something 
Um, felt a little nudge from, from the spirit at one point to ask our daughter at the time, she's five at, at this time, she's 10 now. Um, and ask her, Hey, Cam, I want you to wait on the Lord and, and ask him where we are going to tell people, or excuse me, where we're going to move to tell people about Jesus. And so it was super cute. She waited like a minute or two. And then she just said back to me really with authority. She said, God said that we are going to move to the place with the most earthquakes and where the power goes out all the time. Um, wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so, um, not what you'd expect from a five-year-old girl. Um, so <laughs> naturally I wanted to know, Hey, where is this place with the most earthquakes where the power goes out? Yeah. Um, according to Google at that time, it was Indonesia. Didn't even really know where Indonesia was on the map. Yeah. All I knew is just a bunch of islands, maybe in the, 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 the region of Asia. That's kind of yeah. all I knew at the time. Uh, spot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's about it. Um, and so, um, kind of, to be honest, maybe shelved it a little bit, not that we disregarded anything that she said, but you know, it's a five-year-old girl. And are we really going to just base the trajectory of our lives, you know, on yes. something our five-year-old daughter said, yes. maybe. um, you know, sounded felt reckless at the time, but it was cute. It was cute. It was, yeah. It was good. But, um, <laughs> You know, I wish I could go into all of the ways that the Lord confirmed this, but I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll say the major one. Um, you guys know, at the end of your year of, of school of transformation, they send people to different locations in the world for a short-term trip after you graduate and you don't get to pick your location. They wait on the Lord and they put you on the team. They feel like you're supposed to be on. Well, I had a meeting with Robert, our pastor, unrelated to any, anything like this. I think it was in relation to safety and security team there at the church. But what, at one point during the meeting, Robert said, hey, I'm really excited where you are going for your trip for School of Transformation, mm-hmm. but I can't tell you. Like, we'll leave it to Steve, the director. They haven't released information yet. And it just came out of my mouth. And I said, we're going to Indonesia. I, I already know it. And he goes, how did you know that? <laughs> we haven't told anybody about this. And then I, I told him the story about Cam and waiting on the Lord. And he goes, well, the crazy thing is he said, you guys were actually the only people that we handpicked out of the school to be on our team because they were leading the trip to Indonesia because we really felt like the Lord wanted you there and has yeah. something for you there. Yeah. Wow. So that was what kind of like, at least in my heart, like it, I the Pretty much the deal was like it was sealed right then for me. I was like, oh my gosh, like Lord, we're going to Indonesia. Like this is more oh. than a two-week trip for us. Told Maddie the way that he didn't have to do this, but God just confirmed it so he was so abundantly clear, just over and over and over again. Well, yeah, and there were there were several different things that from the moment that Cam spoke that we thought it was cute and kind of shelved it. But then as we started our SOT year, um, just like little things kind of kept happening that we were like, okay, God, okay, God, okay, you have our attention, you have our attention. And that's kind of what it was. We were like, okay, we're gonna put the fleece out and we're gonna say, okay, if our team leads want us to, uh, or if our leaders want us to go to Bali, Indonesia for our two week outreach trip, then we're saying yes. And we're going to jump all in. And so, um, put the fleece out there. And when I remember when I got the call from Matt, that Robert had said that I was just like, okay, God, there goes the life. I thought I knew, <laughs> you know? And so we yeah. just jumped in from that point on. And for the record, um, at least our old house there in Bali, the power would go out sometimes around like five to six times a night. So that mm-hmm. was just caught God just consistently reminding us, like, remember, this is yeah. the place that I, that I called you to. Wow. What confirmation truly mm-hmm. so sweet. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's beautiful. I think even knowing you guys, it's like a new, a new perspective into the story mm-hmm. to see you guys even now operating with that same faith, like a child Yeah. in your da- daily lives, you know, it kind of started with Cam's faith per se. And now it's your family's really adopted that same belief structure and, and value. Uh, it's just absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Okay. So we know that you, you were called. Mm-hmm. And such a cool story. And then what? And what I mean by that is what was some of the scheme of the enemy that he used to derail you from that calling? And I ask this because we all know in our personal journeys, our callings, our purpose, that God says one thing, and then the enemy often attacks that very thing. So yeah. can you take us into that story a little bit? We want our listeners who are perhaps on a similar journey to hear from you guys and, and normalize that a little bit. Yeah. Great. Um, I think for me personally, um, it wasn't so much like in the, in the natural, a lot of things from the moment that we got the word from God and we said, okay, like we're all in a lot of the things in the natural really actually started to, um, come into alignment, come into place, which was really, really sweet of God to do that. But for me personally, it was more of a mental battle with the enemy. Um, you know how the enemy screams at you because he's far away, but God, like, can whisper to you the still small voice and because he's near and because he's close, but we have to recognize that and we have to acknowledge that. Um, and so I personally had been spoken over several times by different, um, prophetic voices in our movement and also just other leaders in the area of leadership, my, like in my own life for others. And I think that that was the biggest thing for me personally, as, as not just deciding to go overseas, but to be team leaders and leading people, um, not only our team, but like people into the kingdom. I was like, I'm not cut out for this. Like I have way too messy of a past. I've, I'm a mess. I say the wrong things. I've done the wrong things. Like there's no, there's no way that I'm called into a place of leadership. And so, um, That was, I mean, even getting onto the field the first year, year and a half, I mean, I struggled with that and not that I, not that I'm like free and clear from that, but God's whispers trump the the voice of the enemy now, the screams of the enemy now. And so, um, I'm able to hold on to these different promises. And honestly, that was one of the biggest things that I personally kept going back to was that God spoke through our daughter. Like, this is where we're meant to be. It wasn't anything that I came up with. It wasn't anything that Matt came up with. It wasn't any, like how innocent is the voice of a child, you know? And so it's like, and God knew that that's what my heart personally needed because I'll be critical of other of people sometimes because people, you know, sometimes people want to speak things into your life or I don't know, but coming from a child, God knew my heart needed that to be able to continue to solidify the foundation of the different words that have been spoken over my life and our life and, um, the plans that God has for us. And so, yeah, so I guess it was, I would say it's, it was just unbelief that like, God, why, why are you choosing us? Why are you choosing me? Um, and doubt that I'm the right person for it. We're the right people for the job. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, how about you, Matt? Um, leading up to coming to Indonesia, I felt like there was so much zeal there. There wasn't much that was like derailing me from Mm -hmm. kind of leading up to our launching out. 
Um, although we had great jobs and we, you know, here in San Diego and we had great things going for us, it actually wasn't too hard to leave those things behind. Um, financial security and like things like that, the, our condo that we ended up selling, like we had like security, there wasn't much that like, really I had like, z- like zero fear with stuff like that. But I think once getting onto the field is when the enemy really started just kind of working overtime. Um, and my goodness, there's a whole host of different things that we've had to, to battle. Um, but I think one thing, um, that really stands out is comparison specifically in leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about it, at least I speak for myself where, um, you know, I feel like God has given me incredible tools and he has gifted me in the area of leadership. As I look back on my life, I've just kind of always been in a position of leadership in, in one um, way, shape or form. Um, but there's just like, I don't know, there's like this need when the enemy comes in to like compare yourself, like leadership styles and like, oh, he, he communicates like, so, you know, effectively. And so like this, or like, oh, you see this movement that's happening over here. Like, what are they doing? Right. What are we doing wrong? You know what I mean? There's like, there's always like this open door to walk into that comparison. And it's such a trap. It's such a trap because I feel like in a healthy way, it's great to be able to step back and analyze what are we doing? Lord, how are you working in me and how are you wanting to work within the ministry? But when it goes to the unhealthy way, you just start looking at other people's, you know, successes or victories or something like that. And it's not even like a jealous feeling. It's more of like a, you're just like, I I'm like shaping my identity and, and who I am based on other people's like success, you know what I mean? And so I think that that's one thing that we're, I, at least for me, I'm always trying to just Lord, just speak identity or tell me who, who I am, because, you know, this is not sustainable and this is not healthy, you know, for me to always be comparing myself to, to other people. And I really do believe that, man, the enemy, his favorite place to attack you is the area that you're most gifted in. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to see how many like <laughs> incredible uh, teachers and pastors and speakers there are that they are attacked in the area of like insecurity and stuff like that. And it's like, you would never think so. Why? Because they're, they're, they're shepherding an entire flock and they, they speak with power and they speak with this, you know what I mean? But it's like, that's the area that the enemy hits them hard in is to feel insecure and feel unworthy and things like that. Yeah. So something just, yeah, to be offensive and not defensive and, you know, yeah. Yeah. I love how you said that, Matt. It's the enemy. I've heard it said like points his sword at the biggest place of breakthrough or authority in our lives. And, you know, Maddie, for you, it's, it's doubt and unbelief, Matt, it can be comparison or inadequacy. And, um, I think when we look at you guys, we don't see that in you. I think that's the beauty of the father's always speaking from future present, not past present. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Reminding us of what we're not, what we weren't. And you're like, yeah, I I agree, but that's not who I am. And I love how you guys are Mm -hmm. practically flipping that script Mm -hmm. as remind you of what isn't, what was, what, where you aren't. And as you're pressing into what is, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the gates of hell will not prevail against you. That's beautiful. So, um, yeah. So how have you guys seen in these belief structures and things like what are some of the steps you've taken in faith into the promises of God spoken? Um, and then how do you how do you let God heal those places in your heart? 
Mm-hmm. So what are the steps of faith you're taking? So for Maddie, for you, it's doubt and belief. Matt, it's comparison and inadequacy. We can just leave it at those, those mm-hmm. things there. Um, what are the faith steps you take that God's, you know, Peter, he's always come out of the boat, Peter, you know, mm-hmm. affirming who you are in this act of faith. And then how have you, how have you seen healing come into those places? Mm. Yeah. That's good. It's great. Um, for me, I think the biggest thing for me has been actually being honest with myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm first that I'm actually feeling that because I tend to just ignore, you know, stuff like that. And not much of like a stuffer per se. I'm just, I'm pretty even keel. Like I don't, I don't feel things super deeply sometimes. So when some of those things start to like come up, I'm just kind of like, we'll, we'll get over it. Right. Lord, it's all, it's all good. Um, but I think coming to that place of like, okay, it's time to be honest with myself. (laughs) It's time to be honest with God as if he doesn't know already, but like, there's, there's great power in that too. Is like actually like releasing that and being like, man, I am really struggling right now with comparing myself to like this person or whatever, wishing that ministry looked like this, like over there or whatever. Um, that's been huge. So, so being honest with myself and then having, you know, a small group of guys. So I have two guys that, um, we, we meet online periodically twice a month. Um, for the sole purpose of like accountability and being honest with each other. Um, cause I think sometimes in leadership too, it's, it's, it's very important to be vulnerable, right. But you gotta know just kind of what type of information you're releasing, whether it's not everything can be corporate, you know what I mean? And so that's been really, really helpful to have two guys that I really, really trust mm-hmm. that I, I know there's going to be zero judgment. There's going to be zero talk, you know, with other people that I can just throw it out there and say, Hey, I'm really like, I'm really feeling this. Like, I don't know what it is. It just popped up randomly yesterday and I'm comparing myself to this person or whatever. And a lot of the feedback I feel that I've got for them, I really feel like the Lord has spoken through them many times to me. They've been like, Hey, you're not that person. And you're never supposed to be that person. So stop like, stop going, you know what I mean? Like, like stop, stop like striving after that, because that's not even, it's not even the right thing to be striving after. And so there's been some truths that, that I feel like God has spoken through them where I'm just like, wow. So being honest with myself and then before God, and then having a small group of guys that I really trust to be honest before them has been really healing for me. That's, that's beautiful. You know, I think that it directly models how Jesus did ministry, mm-hmm. right? He lived intimately with Peter, James, and John, mm-hmm. and he had the other nine disciples. And then he had another sphere of what, like the 77, then another sphere. Yeah. But I believe he, he disarmed and disrobed in front of only a, a select few. Mm, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. And then how much throughout scripture do people lament with mm-hmm. God? You know, all throughout the Psalms, we hear David saying, Lord, this is hard. The everyone's attacking me. I don't want to do this. And even Jesus himself Mm -hmm. is yeah, Father God, can you take this cup from me? And just be really honest. Mm -hmm. And I believe that God meets us in that honesty. And it often takes us to get to that place for him to say, you know what? I'm actually teaching you something here. Let's now work through this. Yeah. You know, so it's beautiful. How about you, Manny? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say there was a really powerful word that was spoken over me from Trey Green from RCP School Intensive. And um, it was the 
I have the spirit of the spirit of an over, but overcoming spirit, spirit of the overcomer. Um, and so really, honestly, every time the doubt would start creeping in and when it would, it, when it would creep in really, really hard, I mean, all you want to do is like throw in the towel and quit. And you want to like not show up. You want to go run off and hide and you want to, you want to come home honestly. And so, um, God would like constant, constantly remind me of that word. Um, but it's like, okay, I just got to overcome. I just got to overcome. And I would try to do it in my own strength very, very often where I would just try to overcome because this is what God said. Like I have to overcome, um, which, you know, can get you through for a minute. Um, but then in reality, it started coming to this place of no, like I can't overcome this by myself. I need to talk to my husband about it. kind of the same thing, like just coming to places of vulnerability and coming to places of transparency and openness with one another, like the one that you're either dearest, closest with, or yeah, like a, a sweet group of friends and that can bring you to accountability. So, um, but that word, um, as I started and I'm still, you know, I'm still walking in that word and like, God, how do you want me to partner, um, and overcome this right now? But that was a huge word for me, um, which I love how God like partners um, the like spiritual aspect of it with the actual like practical with his people, because I feel like from the healing aspect of it, um, our team honestly has been really, really healing for me. They've allowed me because we have a team of, well, all women now. Um, but before we had um, we've always been more women than we've been men. So there's been a lot more women to shepherd, which has been my role. And I felt like God spoke that from the very beginning that um, my like main priority outside of my family is that our team is healthy um, and to not, you know, blow over them to try to reach locals. It's for them to be healthy so that they can reach locals. Um, but they've given me the permission to fail. They've given me the permission to mess up and yet they still like are always encouraging me. And, um, yeah, it's just really, really sweet to be like, well, Hey, you know, they're called, they always call out the gold, which is just really, really sweet. And so, um, that I would say has been probably one of the most healing aspects of, um, yeah, just battling the things that the enemy tries to deconstruct, you know, in, in the way that God has already spoken it. So, so good. So I heard prophecy. Yeah. We love words of prophecy, right. Mm -hmm. And then words of encouragement mm -hmm. and people yeah. calling out gold. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think so often we can discount that word of encouragement that we give to someone or that prophetic word that we don't know if it ever lands. Yeah. But the prompting the Lord to do those things is always, We'll, we'll always see fruit from it. We might not even ever know it, but it's just a confirmation and an encouragement that always do those things because mm -hmm. it can change people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the thread I hear for you guys is the power of community. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. And in John 11, Jesus calls Lazarus out of the grave. And then as he comes out, he's basically like a mummy. He's dressed in these grave clothes, right? Like hobbling out of this grave. He's alive, but he's super bound up. Yeah. Right? And then Jesus says to the community, to the, them around him, he says, go take off the grave clothes and let him go. Yeah. yeah. And I see you guys not only being encountered by community, but receiving a community encounter yeah. and, and pressing into it without fear of judgment. Mm. Mm -hmm. and 
I think for a lot of people, as they share things, they want to share things to everybody and be validated or be affirmed. And um, just what you were saying is like, I had to hear it from Jesus. Yeah. I had to share it to the closest person. If you're married, that's your spouse. <laughs> and then you had to bring the next sphere of influence, which is is community. Yeah. Hey, actually, can you prophesy over me? Can you hear from God on my yeah. behalf and speak yeah. it over me and not let me get wiry, not <laughs> let me fall back into this belief structure yeah. of fear, doubt, insufficiency, inadequacy. And, yeah. um, and, you know, you guys are meant to run. We all are. And I just, I think your process really normalizes the value of, of that process of Jesus first trusted people. And then those community connections of just like, Hey, what does God say that I am to you? And can you pray that over me? And love that you guys, you guys actually put that into practice. Mm -hmm. Love it. Okay. So now that we've set the stage for the calling on your life, the enemy tried to derail you, but God, of course, always wins. Mm-hmm. You share a God story. And what I mean by that is how has he shown up? And this phrase, um, expectancy versus expectation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So thinking about your journey to Bali, in Bali, you had an expectancy or an expectation and share a little God story using that. Yeah. That's good. I think that's a, I have many things running through my mind right now because <laughs> I launched out with a lot of expectations and <laughs> a lot of them, it was very sobering to be like, Oh Lord, hopefully they're still coming. But <laughs> you don't even realize sometimes the expectations that you have until they don't happen. And you're like, Oh, yeah. I, ha- I had an expectation for that to happen. Like, right. So anyways, right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's been so many God stories where he has shown up and said what he's going to do. I mean, everything from our support raising journey, um, to just miracles, you know, that we've seen on the field. I think one, one thing that really comes to mind first is that, um, there's been a lot of words of like physical healing on our team, um, that God would use us, uh, to do that. And it's interesting that we've done a lot of community outreach, especially since COVID hit, like there's been so many like open doors for practical needs ministries and things like that, which have been great. And we're always praying for the sick and we're always, you know, doing that, but man, it's like, that wasn't like our main thing. Like, you know, people can speak words over you, but then you need to steward it well sometimes. And so I don't think we were like fully operating and Hey, like he's going to use us, like bring us the sick. Um, but we've actually really seen a ton of that as I look back where I'm like, oh my gosh, like the Lord loves his people so much. Like he wants his people to be healthy and he is using our team. Like he said he was going to do. And so, uh, not only will it happen just kind of like randomly, if we see someone and we pray for them, um, but major doors have been opened to pray for the sick. Um, and again, it's like, I think we should have expected it. Like he spoke it over it, but it kind of, he's so gracious to, he, he still allowed us to be a part of that, but we've had two, um, big, just kind of situations where a door has been open to a certain village and the Lord has healed several people, whether deaf ears opened or blind eyes or people not being able to stand for several years and being able to stand again. And, um, there's been some incredible things like that, even to the point to where we're, we're amongst, 
high Hindu priests and his elders, and they're allowing us to go into their village and pray for the sick because they're, they're seeing that, okay, this is real. Like this Jesus person that they're talking about is real. And he's actually like healing people. Um, we had an open door with the, the city uh, that we live in to where they, at first it was started as kind of practical need stuff. But after they started seeing people getting healed, they started just taking us to sick people's houses. And so we're praying for them and continuously following up. And some of those people now are a part of our community to a certain degree and, and coming to our worship and prayer nights and experiencing God now in, in a new way, in a different way. And so I think that's one big thing that um, he did speak over us. And then now we're, we're really seeing, we're seeing a lot of, of physical healing, which is really exciting. Wow. So cool. So do you now find yourself showing up expectant to, to Mm -hmm. heal the sick because, because of those things? Yeah, there's definitely an increase in faith, you know, and, and because we've seen him move so powerfully in that way already, when someone doesn't get healed on the spot, like you just trust, okay, Lord, they're in your care. You know, we're being obedient. We're praying for the sick and and we desire to see them healed, but it's in your time, you know, so we believe for it in the moment, but we have to be submissive to to his timing at the end of the day. So, yeah, but there is a major increase in faith. And so, yes, of course, increase in in expectancy as well. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. How about you, Maddie? Um, Yeah, I feel like for me, I'm much more like I love like I love miracles. I love like walking out our faith in that way. But what I really love is like, um, just like vibrant, thriving community. And so I think now within this year, um, where we're really kind of on this trajectory, this, this road of like, okay, God, this is what you called us here to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think the past two and a half years, we've kind of been, I don't want to say like we've been wandering around in the desert, like Israelites for the past, you know, 40 years, but with COVID and a lot of different things that have gone on with our team, we've kind of been, we've been running around, not in a bad way, but like God has been doing things within that, but it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, Hey God, in my heart, it's like, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, but this just doesn't feel like this is what you called us to do. Um, and so having this expectation of like, what exactly is it that we're called here to do? And then when he kind of really clarified that again this year for us. And now that we're putting out to practice, it's just one of those things where you feel it. You're like, Oh, this is like what you call this to do God. Um, and so with our house church on Sundays, um, that we have, I can say that, right. Our house church that we have on Sunday mornings, um, it is so sweet. Like it is probably one of the sweetest things that I've ever seen to see local people from all different, um, all different islands in Indonesia, just, and it's not this big thing. It's not this big, like production. It's just really intimate and really sweet and really genuine and really holistic. Um, where I'm like, there's 10, 15 people there sometimes. And I'm like, I want to see this just blaze like fire throughout the Island of the Island of Bali and then throughout the islands of Indonesia. And so, um, now it, it did start to come, uh, I went to this place that like, okay, we launched our house church and it's kind of like, okay, what do we, we expect people to be here? We expect this. And now it's like, okay, God, like, I'm just like, I just know you're going to show up. Like, I know you're going to bring the people that are meant to be here. I know you're going to bring the people that are, um, you know, I think we shared, were you guys there when we shared last night when we had our first house church and we had one person show up. Yes. <laughs> that was like really one of the most humbling things that we've ever experienced. Cause we're like, okay, God, we got this expectation. We're expecting this and this and this to happen. And these people to show up and these people to feel the presence of the Holy spirit. And then He's like, nope, like I'm doing this. You're not doing this. And so just 
like, trust me, you know, in this whole situation. So, um, it's been really sweet. And it's, again, it's also like not necessarily all people that you're thinking are going to be there and show up. And it's sometimes this, uh, it's just beautiful. So anyways, now it's like, okay, I release all expectations and I just, um, am expecting for the spirit of God to move, whether it is, you know, one, three, four people, like the expectation is that they're going to go deep with the Holy spirit, you know? And then there's times where he goes really wide with the Holy spirit, where there are several people there, you know? And so, um, yeah, that's, that's what I would say has been, um, one of the biggest things that God has showed me with, with my expectations. I didn't really even realize that I had, but (laughs) so, so good. Guys, that's beautiful. I love, I love both of your perspectives and just obedience in different ways. (laughs) We believe for healing and God will show up when it's time for God to show up. But we're going to take that step of faith and pray mm-hmm. and then doors get opened and people are healed and faith is built and uh, different religions are are challenged and belief structures and cultures challenged. And Maddie, I love how your obedience to the one, mm-hmm. to the stewarding of the one, you know, like leaves a 99 and goes for the one um, has now translated into how you do church. Yeah. And I I wrote this, I don't know if you guys can see it in the notes, but our obedience refines the vision and then it produces clarity. Mm -hmm. And so I believe you guys came in with a vision for, for Bali and a vision for Indonesia. Mm -hmm. As you take these steps of obedience, it actually brings that, that grander vision more into view. Totally. Yeah. You're working from a, a heavenly place, seeing the strategy, but you're also focused on the one on the daily basis and stewarding that. And I think that that kind of leads into our next question is what are some tools or practicals that you guys use, excuse me, each day to believe for the impossible? Because this vision to reach all of Indonesia seems impossible without a move of God, right? And a lot of people involved, right? I think you said there's 17,000 islands and that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's a lot of space on the earth that yeah. your team, your small team is meant to reach. And so mm-hmm. in the midst of these challenges of doubt, unbelief and comparison and all of these things, like what are some daily tools or practices that you guys use? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like how do you, how do you stay in that vision with the Lord, mm-hmm. knowing that these things are going to be challenged often in each moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that, I don't know if really call them tools, but it's just kind of like this belief system. And I think that we have really taken on that. A, I love it. It's been said, right. That don't despise small beginnings. Mm-hmm. And that has been huge. I think for us, it's like, <laughs> man, if we just like try to you know, day by day, like analyze, like where we're at, like, you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, we should be here. We should be here. Like, no, it's like, it's okay. Like we're, we're allowing God to move like as he pleases. And as long as we're obedient in the day to day, that's all we can be held accountable for really. You know what I mean? That's, that's how we steward what he's given us. Like we're just going to be obedient step by step. And so I think that that's been huge. It's like this belief system that it's like, man, as long as we're working hard and as long as we're being led by the spirit, I mean, there's not much more that we can do, you know what I mean? And it's, it's actually a very freeing feeling to like live that way rather than cook up all the million strategies that you can to try to make this thing work, you know? So it's like, 
the belief system is just like, man, listen to the spirit and then just take the necessary steps after that, according to really just how, how he's uh, releasing you to do that. Um, and in terms of like, I mean, even think about like the people that we're investing in, one of our, our, our biggest things is empowering and equipping locals, right? Because we believe that Indonesia is going to be reached through Indonesians, not through us. Like our role is more like empowering and, and raising up leaders. And so it's really just like <laughs> raising up leaders, just like one by one, you know what I mean? And investing in them and really putting like the time in and putting the, that love in, you know what I mean? And that's all, that's all we're responsible for right now. Mm. That's great, Matt. Yeah. It, it takes the pressure off. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. Right. The burden's not for you to see this vision completed or, you know, every, every Island reached, but you just like, I know my part, my part's obedience and I'm going to trust and love the next person coming down the line. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'll, I mean, I just, I'll take it back to the basics of just spending time with God every single day. Um, getting into the word. And I mean, honestly, really trying to, um, take the American cultural Christianity out of like trying to remove that part of my brain a little bit, even that's really hard. Cause that's what I was, you know, brought up in for the last, for the first 31 years of my life before being brought out of that. And so really trying to, especially because we're in a place where the enemy, um, kind of has a whole different set of rules that he plays by and the way that he comes in and the way that he wants to attack you and, and appear to you. And, um, so I would say, I mean, okay, you're going to get clever and you're going to get tricky. I'm going to do the same thing, but with like the same basic tools that we've always had that are like trusted and tried and true. And so, um, just getting into the word and really allowing God to reshape and shift my mindset personally on how I read the word and how I see it. And, um, I would say that, yeah, just that in prayer and constantly, um, just covering our minds and speaking out like the word of God, because as we, um, as we speak it, like we hear it, you know, we, faith comes from hearing the word of God. And so, um, that continuously is something that energizes me, um, yeah. And just keeps me moving and chugging along. Cause there are so many pressures that you'll get put under, especially after you, um, move up, like overseas. I mean, there's always pressures in life, you know, but, um, you're kind of under a pressure cooker when you move overseas. And so every little thing can feel like such a big thing. And so, um, yeah, just staying grounded in the word of God, um, and speaking his word over us and, and just praying together as a family. And every time, this is something that Matt and I kind of adopted when we first kind of got onto the field is anytime we kind of wanted to like process something together, which I think that there's kind of a limit to that where you can process things and then you're just kind of commiserating and just kind of going along with one another and validating one another in areas that are not necessarily the healthiest. We're like, why are we not praying about this as much as we're talking about it? Like if we were just praying about this situation, as much as we talked about it, um, so much more would probably happen. And so, um, that's kind of been a prompting that's always been in my spirit. As soon as I, um, you know, you get your lament out and you get your frustration out, but then you immediately turn it into, um, yeah, prayer for that specific thing or, um, situation. So mm-hmm. amen, sister. I love that we can, we can 
process, 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 but it needs to turn into prayer. Mm-hmm. That is such a huge tenant. And I feel like everything that both of you spoke are really just pillars of our faith. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's that daily practice. Yeah. Daily practice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it demystifies things a little bit, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate as well. It's not this ultra spiritual practice where you're <laughs> doing these things and going on these adventure, but it's like, I just take my thoughts captive. Yeah. yeah that's right. I speak them to the word. I, yeah. I keep the promises of God in front of me. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the threshold that people need to hear. Right. You guys aren't these, you didn't come as these spiritual sages to, to save, all, right? Like you don't hover an inch off the ground when you walk around. And, and I say that in jest, right? But a lot of people think they have to get to a place where they arrive. Yeah. These things, I know, right? We that's a pretty steep mountain, and I don't think we ever yeah. to the top, you know, or back down to help somebody back up. If it was that, yeah, was good, right? Yeah, yeah, and I, I even just see that practically for people living out the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. take the term "go" literally, but it actually means as you go, mm-hmm. as your thoughts are coming. As you're meeting people, as you're walking down the street, as you ride your scooter, as you see a person in need, let's fulfill the Great Commission. Mm, that's good. And right. so thanks for even just normalizing that, reducing the the burden and pressure for a lot of people, especially ourselves. Uh, we can get wrapped around the performance piece, but it's it's not about us at the end of the day. It's a too big of a story for us to try to be center stage in it at all. So, <laughs> so true. Yeah. Well, it's really all about making it um, simple and reproducible. Honestly, I mean that's what Jesus was about. He made it very, very clear and really simple. And we kind of want to build on top of the gospel and make it um, not attainable, you know. But it actually just needs to be simple and reproducible and have like very simple basics and. Um, I just feel like that's who Jesus is. Yeah, absolutely. Outstanding. Love it. Okay. One last question for you guys <laughs> here. If you had a, like a bumper sticker to give to your younger self with what you know about process and mm. promises with God, what would you tell yourself? Mm. Slow down. <laughs> Which would be great for a bumper sticker too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it would. (laughs) Chill out. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I could fit it on a bumper sticker necessarily, but maybe a message in the bottle for our time capsule that worked the opposite (laughs) way. (laughs) (laughs) Tattoo guys. Yeah, message in a bottle. There you go. Um, Man, you know, we all want instant results. That's just human nature. I think some of us have maybe reached greater levels of freedom with stuff like that, but especially coming from Western cultures, we want things and we want things fast. Mm -hmm. And um, although God many times will do things in a moment, like physical healing or something like that, generally um, there is a process to things and he is a God of process. And although it doesn't feel like it at the time, maybe this is the bumper sticker. The process is always worth it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. it's always, it's always worth it. And so man, to not skip through that process because you want the result or you just want that feeling of relief 
mm-hmm. or whatever. I mean, we buy, we can bypass so many things that the Holy spirit is wanting to do mm-hmm. in our hearts during that season of, of process, but it's so worth it. If you stick with it, you know, that, that microwave culture thing, it's just not, it's not sustainable. And that's not the type of, of God, of a God we serve. That's just not who he is. You know, he wants to do things with us. He wants to take us through the process, show us things along the way. And that's what's sustainable that sets us up for greater levels of freedom. For yeah. sure. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, I think for me, um, I would say if I was just going to encapsulate it in a bumper sticker, maybe you can get the same feel as I'm trying to explain is enjoy taking yourself more seriously because I think like taking yourself seriously sounds kind of boring. Like, honestly, it's like, ugh, that sounds so drab and so blah, which I don't like. Like I love like vibrancy. I love zeal. I love laughter. I love fun. Um, but I feel like that kind of comes alongside of like, Oh, people won't take me seriously if I'm those things. And so, um, but I feel like being called to influence, being called to be a leader, being called to honestly call people into um, their soul's eternal life, you know, after this one, it's like, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. And so um, you do want to take that obviously very, very seriously. And you want to take the things that you carry very seriously and your authority that Jesus has given you, you want to honor him with what he's given you. And so you want to take those things seriously, but to also like enjoy that along the way, if that makes sense. So. It absolutely does. Yeah. Love it. It sounds like both of your bumper stickers are the same. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the process. Mm, yeah. Slow yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. The journey is worth it. Yeah. Um, uh, well, they inspire me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys yeah. have both spoken so much into our lives too over these these years. It's been incredible. It's so fun getting to. Mm-hmm. see your guys's journey now too mm-hmm. thank it's, you it's a treat we wouldn't want to do it with anyone else guys mm-hmm. you guys are such a, a joy and a treasure and some of our most cherished friends on this earth mm-hmm. yeah uh, and i think last question for you guys and that will sadly be our time but um how can people connect with you guys and support with what you're doing people are say hey i want to connect with the kirks or i want to support them financially or i want to pray for what they're believing for as well how can people get in, get in contact with you both yeah that's good i think um well there's instagram instagram is <laughs> easiest can we say that you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah, you can absolutely find us on social media. That's easy. Um, or email too. If you go to the, um, I'm not even sure what the exact address is, but the all people. We'll put it in the show, show notes. notes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can put different websites that you can get a hold of us with, whether it's financial support or you just want to email us or something like that. We can put a, a few links up there. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. I know this message will really resonate with people and, um, you guys really do normalize the gospel and sharing it and make it very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, you know, God chooses unlikely people and he chose you guys. Mm-hmm. You just said yes to the next thing. And, yeah. um, I think wherever our listeners are, wherever they're going, um, it's just next, the next yes is just to Jesus and the yeah. problem 
the spirit and your vision, your clarity, your people, your tribe, whatever you want to call it, we'll start, you'll find those people as you're taking those steps of obedience. So by our time today, guys, and so blessed um, to see your beautiful faces on the screen and hear your words and uh, as impactful they are to us and anything you want to share. Yeah. Just so, so inspired by you guys and your journey and how you live your lives. So thank you very much for speaking to us today and for also uplifting and encouraging the body. Mm, Thanks for having us. Love you guys. Loved it. Love you. Thanks for joining us on the two of 12 podcast. You can find more info about what we do at two of 12.com. Here's to your journey as you believe for and step into all that God has.